Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. of My Millennial Money. I'm Glenn James and today it's real. This is what you've trained for. This is what you've practiced for. This is what you've heard before. Things are not always going up. Things are volatile. Investing doesn't always have positive returns every single day. This is it guys. We are living in it and I'm here to encourage you and Nathan, he's actually on leave, and that's why I'm editing this myself. And it's a bit tacky because I've got the, you know, the drill music and all that stuff. So I'm going to chat about investing at the moment. I'm recording this uh, Tuesday night, the 14th, at uh, 5 p.m. The markets have closed. We've been slammed today. US the night before has been slammed. We're going to talk about investing just to really encourage you to keep on keeping on. This is what we've trained for. At the time of recording, the market had closed, the ASX 200, minus 3.5%. That's 3.5%. This is real, but there's no cause for alarm. Hang around. I'll answer your questions that you've put up on Instagram. And yeah, let's do it. Well... A lot of you have experienced that journey. Probably, I don't know, two hand lengths away from your head to your heart. Your head knows that markets fluctuate. Your head knows that we do not invest for the short term. Your head knows that things happen in the investing world. Your head knows that you could look at your portfolio and it might be down 5% one day. Your head knows that you could look at your portfolio and it might be up 10% the next day. But your heart, this is a matter for the heart. Your heart, your emotions, they're going to really cloud that two hand distances, maybe 30 centimeter distance from your head to your heart. All the stuff that's going through your mind about your investing, about your superannuation. It's an issue for the heart. And this is why we need to be headstrong. We need to know that this is just part of the deal. This is why we've been training for these times. We had these discussions when it all hit in March 2020 with the COVID sell-off around the world. But this time it's a little bit different. We are looking at probably the biggest um, sell-off since COVID. Uh, Yesterday, if you're hearing this on Wednesday morning, the 15th, 
uh, at the open, the ASX 200 fell like 5%. So the top 200 companies on the Australian share market fell 5%. And that basically means it's the worst day since May 2020. But then it closed the ASX 200 about 3.6% down. And to be honest, if this stuff happened and you didn't hear about it, you probably wouldn't look at your portfolio. I mean, the days that the market goes up 3%, you're probably not looking at your portfolio. And this is why it's so important to be headstrong, to know that this stuff happens and we can't be led by our emotions. And what I probably would say is when you, in, when you invest in shares or when you buy ETFs, when you buy any investments, just remember like the unit price, right? So let me just open, I'm just going to open my trusty, oh, the Ace website. Oh, the ASS website sucks. So let me just go into my brokerage account. I think we need to <clears throat> we need to first go back to education and understanding, right? So I want you to start to learn with your investing that when you pay for oh look at that. Yeah, so my portfolio dropped three point eight percent yesterday. I mean I this is the first time I've logged in uh because I don't actually look at this crap. Uh because I'm I'm well suited, I'm well adjusted to risk. But I'm just going to bring up CBA shares, Commonwealth Bank of Australia. And this is this whole education thing, right? So CBA shares at the moment, the close of yesterday, 91.2. If you purchase $10,000 of CBA shares, then we go divided by 91.2. If you did it at the close yesterday, you would have 109 shares, basically. So what you need to know is that if the CBA share price goes another 5% down, they haven't taken shares from you. You still own 100 shares. You still owe 109 shares. So this is the whole thing. We're investing in the actual shares. We're investing in the units of the ETF. So I'm having a look at my portfolio here. One of the ETFs that I've got, I've got 1,084 units in this ETF. Now, those units, that ETF could go up, could go down. It really, it doesn't mean anything because if there's a 5% correction in the share price yesterday or today at recording, but most of you will listen to this on the Wednesday the 15th, they're not taking my 1,000 shares so that's just a little educational point there. We have to always understand that we buy units and we buy shares and that individual share price fluctuates. But on the fluctuation thing, we know markets fluctuate. We know that I've been saying, as long as I've had this microphone, we're not investing in shares or growth assets unless we don't need the money for an extra five years as a minimum. They reckon a lot of share funds and super funds that you don't touch that money for seven years. So the reason why is because we know that markets are choppy. 
we know that share prices increase and decrease regularly. It's volatile. And in fact, for those who have um, bought my book, I just wasn't going to mention it, but I thought of it. I want you to go and have a, another look on page 100, 150, and there's a, a diagram of a modern portfolio in action. And we talk about uh, modern portfolio theory. And we know that shares are more volatile than cash and bonds. And then over the long term, you'll get a smoother ride. So if you do have the book, just pick that up, page 150. In these times, you need to go back to the basic understanding of what happens with equity markets. So within that, if I don't need the money for seven years, well, we're not going to have it in cash because you know, getting 1.3% sucks. Not really going to have it in term deposit because they also suck in terms of returns. So I need to put that money to work. So if I invested yesterday $10,000 and the market fell 4%, 3%, 5%, 10%, whatever, because I don't need to touch that money for seven years, what does it matter? Well, Glenn, it matters because I've lost that money. Uh-huh. So it's a matter of the heart, not the mindset, right? And this is this whole thing that we need to know with our investing. We can't look at investing as a heart matter because our emotions will lead us astray. We have a look at our investing through the lens of a heart matter and an emotional matter, I don't like pain. I don't like loss. No one likes loss. I see red in my portfolio. I want to stop the pain. Oh, I want to stop the pain. So I want to sell. Don't worry about what I've lost. But the mind says, no, no, that's just part of every day. No, no, that's being an investor. I've taken a risk. I don't need this money. I'm going to put it to work because over a seven-year period, there's a very, very high chance that it'll be worth more. And during those seven years, sure, there might be fluctuations in that share price. So you still may hold the 109 CBA shares for seven years. That price could fluctuate, but those 109 shares for the seven years guess what they're doing? They're giving you a dividend. They're giving you income. As a crude example, I I talk about uh, property because people understand it more because we all live in a property. It's like I buy a house. So I might spend $700,000 on a house. I put a tenant in there and each week they give me $500 rent. Now, We don't know what that house is worth every single day, but we know what a share's worth every single day. And we get our knickers in a knot. But if I spend $700,000 on a house, next year, it could actually decrease in value. But because I'm not getting it valued, I don't actually notice it. And it doesn't become a heart issue. And along the time, you know, over that first 12 months, the tenant is still paying rent. 
So it's still receiving an income. It's still receiving a return. And with your ETFs and um, you know managed funds, the return is made up of income and capital appreciation. So it's not all bad news when there's volatile times. And I said at the opening of this, there's no cause for concern if you're eyes wide open and you had your strategy set going in. So you might be freaking out. You might be saying, oh, I've lost 10% over the last three months with my investing account. I need to sell it because I've got to pay for rego this December and I can't have any money less. Well, I'm really sorry, but investing isn't for you if you want to just park money for a hot minute. I would rather you not invest any money unless you've done your budget, you've allocated everything, and then you realize that I've got money left over that needs to go to work for future me. And that's part of the problem. We we invest when we don't understand and haven't solidified our goals. And that's when we panic and it really does become an issue of the heart because we haven't got our goals set. There's a podcast called My Millennial Investor. It's just a short one that I do myself. But this one I did with Jodie Fitzgerald from Morningstar. And we talked about strategy versus tactics. I reckon most people invest without a solid strategy and they spend most of the time worrying about the tactics. And the tactics are buying and selling. The tactics are, what do I invest in? The tactics are, do I do it every month, every week, every quarter? Do I do it when I just have spare money? No, we've got to go back and understand strategy. And you see, I I haven't even talked about really what's going on in the markets because it actually doesn't matter. I mean, I just live while I was recording this, when I opened my portfolio, today, negative 3.8%. But it doesn't even rock my world because I understand that I don't need this money today and I totally have got my investing to a point where it's a, an issue of the mind and not the heart because if my investing was a matter of the heart, I would make dumb decisions and I would freak out now and I would sell. I will answer some questions because I put it up on Instagram and there's some really good questions that have come in there, but I just want to camp on this thing about investing and this volatility, it is part of life. Go and have a look at the the last 10 years. It's a jagged saw. The chart, like, any investing price chart, it's a jagged saw. But over time, it's increasing. Over time, it's beating inflation, hopefully. Maybe not beating the price of lettuce at the moment. We need to understand investing is like walking a yo-yo up a hill. There will be days where your assets aren't worth maybe what you paid for them. Might be worse than last year. But we know because we don't need the money today, it's okay. It can still be at work earning an income. Like go back to the housing thing. The property might have come off. They they might be worth 20% less, 
But just because the capital value of the property has gone down, it doesn't mean we freak out and sell it. No, it's still receiving rent. And like your equities, the capital price may have decreased, but I'm still getting dividends. Companies like the price of Woolworths today, let's just have a look. Stock code, wow. Oh, I shop at Woolworths, right? I'm such like, I love Woolworths. Like compared to Coles, I feel like Coles, every time I go into a Coles, it's like renovate your stores, please. Ugh, anyway. Like today, Woolworths is down 1.46%. as at 4.15 p.m. Sydney time. Now, just because the price of Woolworths has reduced 1.4%, people are still down at Woolworths at the moment, and my new Woolworths is Market Town in Newcastle West, I think it is. People are still down there right now buying food. They're still running a business and making profit. They still will be paying a dividend every six months just because the capital price is reduced. So I think we need to just have a bit of a hose off with this, I need to sell my assets if the spot price that day has decreased. No, freaking zoom out um, and understand that it's all good. We just need to understand how this share investing business works. Um, So yeah, I'm just having a look. So yeah, just totally understand that it's part of life, volatility. I would also like to encourage you that anyone who teaches you about investing and does not discuss volatility, they're likely selling you crap. And that's why I spend a lot of the time in the Glenn's Online Investing School, which is an online course and in my book, we do talk about risk profiles and we do talk about volatility because I'm not telling you to go and buy CBA or Woolworths. You can work out what you want to buy, whether it's a Vanguard Diversified Growth Fund, which is a blended portfolio, or you might want to buy CBA, you might want to buy, I don't care what you buy, knock yourself out. I want to teach you about the concepts. And this is why like where I talk about the modern portfolio theory and about having a blended portfolio of defensive assets, it, it smooths out that return. Uh, I'll just be very cautious. If, if someone's telling you a guaranteed return or are not talking about volatility, there might be some dickery going on, if that's a word. But I want to move into this thing now. I'm just, I made a couple of notes. I was having a coffee this afternoon. I found a new cafe at Merriweather. Well, I'm new to Merriweather. I live at Merriweather Heights now and I will do an episode about me rent vesting and all that stuff and give you guys an update of why I've done it. Little cafe there called Convoy Commune. Very nice. I love it. So I was down there and having my afternoon coffee, may or may not had a caramel slice. Yummy. You're in, and I was thinking, I was like looking out, I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Your investing strategy shouldn't change based on any type of known events. Okay. So what do I mean? Well, I've got a spare thousand dollars today. And my strategy is, well, I've met all my other financial goals. Like I've got my rent paid. I've got my budget in order. I've got some savings there for a holiday at the end of the year. Things are going good. I know that I want to build wealth for the long term. So as part of my strategy, 
this $1,000 spare that I've got, and it might be $1,000 a year or $1,000 a month or $1,000 a quarter, whatever that amount is in your world, my strategy is that I want to commit this money to grow for the long term. And I don't need the money today. I may buy another house in five or seven years, maybe, and then I'll get that money and deploy it. So then I might sell down. So I know my strategy is over the next five years, over the next seven years, I want to save up and buy another home to live in. I'm a rent investor now, so I might want to buy a house in Merriweather or somewhere like this. So my strategy now on a personal note is I want to save as much money as possible to put down as a down payment on a house to live in. So I've done my budget. My strategy is saving over the next five to seven years for a property. I am not changing my strategy of committing money to the like long-term five, seven years based on a short-term correction in the equity markets. Because just because the market fell three and a half percent today, that shouldn't go, oh, I've got to sell. Oh, I've got to, I've got to stop investing. Well, no, because my strategy is still to live on less than what I earn, be generous. And I'd encourage all of you to be generous end of the financial year if you want to make some donations now and um, get that tax receipt for the end of the financial year. My strategy is to live on less than I earn, be a generous giver and invest the rest. So not consume the rest. My strategy isn't when I get a notification on my phone from the AFR that the market's opened and it's been a bloodbath, that doesn't mean that I all of a sudden log in and sell and freak out. No, it just means, oh, that's interesting. Why did that happen? And we'll kind of touch on why that might be happening. So I just want to encourage you that your investing strategy shouldn't change based on known events. A known event could be market fluctuation. A known event could be over this next seven-year period, I'm going to have some maternity leave, time away from the workforce. Yep, we're factoring that in. So that just means for that time that I'm not working or if I take a long-term break, uh, the investment account will stay there. I won't be contributing each month. But all in all, that strategy is there. So that's a known event. So market volatility, um, known event. Yeah, we, we're planning to take some time off. Would your strategy change on unknown events? Well, maybe. What's an unknown event? We have a, an accident and we need some money. Well, I've got my emergency fund, so maybe I might press pause on my investing because you know, there's been an emergency and I want to just make sure that's paid for. And I had to pay $5,000 for this tooth surgery or tooth work, whatever you have done, crown. So we might just pause adding extra money to the investing account, then re-top up the emergency fund. We're not going, oh, I've bitten down and need to get a $5,000 tooth surgery or whatever you call it. Oh, the market's crapped itself as well. Oh, my tooth. Oh, sell everything. No, no, we might just pause adding more money and then top the emergency fund up 
back to the amount. Then we start investing again. Unknown, you might lose your job. Probably wouldn't change the strategy too much. Obviously, if things are a bit rough, you would stop adding any money to that. If you do have an emergency fund, you'd probably look to deplete that first. Then that could cause your investing strategy to change. Like, oh crap, I've got a 30 grand share portfolio here. I'm out of work. Use my emergency fund. Okay, well, we might now have to just carve off $5,000 to get me to when I start my new job. I mean, that's savage. And I think what I'm saying is understanding how all these investments work, it really does mean that it's actually separate. What happens in investing markets are separate to what we do day on day. And it really doesn't matter because we understand that there's risk and there's a reward. We understand that me having money invested in a blended portfolio over seven years will outperform cash. We know that. And I'm happy to take on that risk. But I'm not selling everything and getting the heebie-jeebies when, you know, I'm getting notifications and the amount of crap that I've seen in Facebook groups today, probably my millennial money as well, like, oh, should I sell? Should I like, no, you, you're trying to outsmart the market and you can't do that. I'm sorry. I can't do that. No one can do it. So what am I getting at? Well, good question. I don't know. I'm just here to tell you, keep your mitts off your investment account. Close it. Like don't have the apps on your phone. Like just don't have your super like, yeah, just, I just want to encourage you that you don't have to do anything. You can't outsmart anything. I can't. My question is, are you an investor or are you a trader? There was a question in the Facebook group. Let me see if I can read it. The question arose, so what goes up must come down. So if I sell my index ETFs now and buy back in a year with 15 or 20% more. So I basically said, like you won't get the distributions while you're out of the market and you've got to work out, are you an investor or a trader? Or if you're a trader, you're not trading ETFs. Let me tell you that much. I don't know any stock traders who trade ETFs of the broad market. It just doesn't happen. No, you're an investor. If you don't trust me on this, and I've said this every time I talk about this stuff, just Google, trading is hazardous to your wealth and it's a study out of Berkeley and the authors of the study, the professors, the finance people were basically saying, the more you trade, the more you'll have adverse outcomes. And you might be thinking, oh, Glenn, no, I timed it well before COVID, I sold it and then I bought back in. Sure, you got lucky, but you don't know anything. If you're that good, quit your job and go and be a trader. Go on, get, get out of here. Like, no, you're playing around and you will get burnt. You might have struck it lucky, but you just need to know you get flushed. 
Like, yeah. Should I sell now? Well, no. If you're going to sell, you would have done it last week before the big dip. Like, why are we getting cute now and trying to trade the market? Like, no, just leave it. I'm an investor. I'm not a trader. And before we get to your questions, I want to ask you, like, what are you investing in? Like, you're going to have more wild stuff go on the further you get away from blended portfolios like a Vanguard diversified growth fund, for example, or an A200 index ETF or anything like that, like just broad market stuff. If you invest in some niche ETF, well, you're going to get slammed more than if you were in a highly diversified fund. Or otherwise, if you were in some specky startup, I imagine, like I saw an article today, like all these buy now, pay later shares are getting absolutely spanked, like totally hit. Like if you're investing in the single stock stuff, you're going to get slammed. And this is why for me, my investing, it's so boring. I invest in ETFs. I don't have any single stocks and I've got property and my business. Like my investing is so boring and short-term fluctuations, even in the investing world, short-term is less than three years. So why are we trying to dick around with our superannuation and, and worry about that and, oh, I need to change this and, oh, I need to change that? Nope. I want you to focus on your life, your goals and don't sweat this stuff. Turn the TV off. Close Facebook for a week. Don't try and get cute and outsmart the market. And there'll be people listening to this going, oh, you're full of crap, Glenn. I'm like, oh, fair enough. I mean, you didn't pay for this. So I don't know what you want from me. If I'm full of crap, why are you still listening? I mean, do what you want. I don't care. I'm just a guy sitting in a room there's no have tos. I'm just here to encourage you to say, in my experience from investing, I've earned more money from keeping my mitts off it and understanding that markets will be choppy. I've earned more money by transferring my human capital. That's me, my work, my career, investing that money. I've earned more money by living on less than what I've earned and, and actually just investing a huge chunk than trying to trade the market and be cute that way. So you don't have to do anything. You don't have to you don't have to listen to this podcast and you know, if you think I'm full of crap and I don't know anything, well you're probably right. But you know, we're just out here talking about stuff. All right, I'll have a quick break and I'll come back and answer some Instagram things. Oh, and thanks everyone for listening. Do you like my ASMR? I actually went down an ASMR YouTube rabbit hole the other day and they had like someone pretending they were a dentist and doing a dental procedure with ASMR. Really weird. 
Okay, I'll be back. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right. Yeah, boy, we're back. I feel this is so loose because Nathan, our editor, he's on his honeymoon and I just decided I would do this podcast update and like record it myself and edit it myself and Rach, our producer, usually like I have to be the good boy and do everything through her, but I've gone rogue. So that's why it's just loose. And it's funny, I don't mind like editing and doing this stuff because a lot of you don't realize before I was doing this podcast as a full-time thing, I was a financial advisor, had my own business. I did the podcast and all the editing as a hobby. So it was just something to do. I enjoy it. Uh, It's not as good as Nate because he's actually does it full-time and he's now better than me probably always was. Uh, but yeah, it's um, it's really crazy that I get to do this. So let's, um, let's have a look. Let's have a look. I'll put it on Instagram. Investing questions when it's savage out there. Oh gosh, I haven't even, this is just prepared. All right. Beck Grandfield, husband invested in lithium. It went nuts and went all the way up, then back down. Should he have just shaved a little off the top gradually uh, when it was up? And she says that they've got other diversified investments through an advisor, thankfully, that obviously they don't keep their mitts on. Sounds like your husband had a bit of a, a specky, bit of a play, which is totally cool. Love a good specky race nine. Number eight, Randwick this Saturday, joking. I don't actually like horse racing or gambling on horses. Um, look, any specky stuff, I think when you invest, so like I talk about having maybe 10% and there's an episode on My Millennial Investor that was just recently about investing in pre-IPOs and specky stuff. Like you've got to have your... Uh, framework going in before you do anything. And this is this whole kind of going back to 
the head versus the heart, if you put some money, a small amount of your money into this lithium specky and it went nuts, I think going in, you need to know that, okay, well, I'm going to allocate $5,000 to this specky thing here. And this is how it's going to play out. If I double my money, I'll take my original capital out, leave the five grand and get on with my life. Or, you know, whatever happens in 18 months or two years or five years, I'm going to sell it all. You've just got to have um, guardrails because you don't want to get into that thing where I'm a trader. And most people who trade lose money. We've had someone on the podcast who was a professional trader. He did it himself earning, you know, close to a million dollars a year. Like there's freaks out there. There are a lot of people that, well, not a lot of people, like probably 1% of people can do it. But most of us out there who spend our day doing our day job and all that, it's just not for us. But if you want to have some specky stuff, just have some guardrails going in. The Davina said explanations for the current market. Yeah. So basically what's happening is inflation's going nuts throughout the world. And in the States, it a, a recession may be likely. So when market, uh, when economies contract and inflation's high, generally speak, people want to just recoup their money and I guess, yeah, be cash heavy. Uh, I'm not an economist, but usually a lot of this stuff is because of inflation. Uh, that's what we're seeing at the moment. Uh, inflation, it's like you may have paid $4 for a coffee two years ago. Now you're paying five twenty. That difference there is the inflation amount. So we need to make sure that with our investing, when we put a dollar to work, it's earning more than inflation or otherwise you're technically going backwards. Anthony Badman, and I'm I'm actually just picking names and reading these live. So is it worth increasing my house deposit or investing ETFs, which is enough to buy at the moment? Well, Anthony, if you've got enough to buy at the moment, I'd probably just speak to a mortgage broker, go to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help. Just say, hey, Glenn, you answered my question on the podcast. And fun fact, sortyourmoneyout.com, when you click get help and you put the request through, that's one part of the business that I still do because I want to make sure that you're connected to the right people and it helps me keep in touch with what's going on. So just put there, hey, Glenn, heard my name on the podcast. Um, speak to a mortgage broker. The big priority in your house, because you are saving for a home deposit, is getting a house. So we're probably not too worried about investing while we're trying to save our house. Speak with a mortgage broker. If you've got enough for a deposit, it might work that, yep, you've got enough to go in. They may say, look, if you save an extra five grand, you'll be able to you know, have less LMI or something like that. But yeah, if you, you've got enough to you know, sort the house out first, the house is the big rock. And when you move into a new house, you'll go to Bunnings and buy a a new hose, you'll go to Bunnings and buy 15 power boards and you know, you, it's like dropping a bomb on your personal budget when you buy a house. Uh, so yeah, get the house sorted first, then you can swim back and start investing. Now, in that comment, I didn't say you can swing back around when markets increase 2%. You can swing back around if markets decrease another 5% because we don't time the market. We just systematically have a strategy and that strategy is spend less than I earn, 
be generous giver, invest the rest, and then I invest it and the market will do what the market does, knowing that over a seven-year period, I'll be better off financially by investing in good quality growth stocks than having the money sitting in cash. C. Great Treks says, best books to read in a down market? I don't know. What's a good book? Any book. Sort your money out and get invested. Sim just did a book from yesterday's episode, Girls That Invest. There's a book here in my desk called Killer Thinking by Tim Duggan, How to Turn Good Ideas into Brilliant Ones. So, you know, and this is a myth. And thanks for the questions. I mean, there's no right or wrong questions, but best books to read in a down market. I think it's just best books to read. Like who cares if the market's up or down? And it might sound weird, but like Glenn James, I am so removed from my investing. I know what I'm invested in. I know that markets work this, markets work that. I just don't, I'm just not in the day-to-day trenches. Like, yeah, I know what's going on, but it doesn't consume me because I just don't need distractions or worry. So, and a lot of you out there, you know, if you've got a job, you pay super and your employer probably pays your super every uh, quarter. I mean, you're an investor and you've been investing as long as you've had a job. Yeah, Jessica Davies, how are you? You said, is it better to DCA, that's dollar cost average, or wait until the bottom and invest a large sum and then continue to DCA? Well, when's the bottom? I've got no idea. I, yeah, I've honestly, I've got no idea. So dollar cost averaging, it's basically over a 12 month period with a fluctuating share price or a fluctuating unit price of an ETF. If you invested $1,000 over 12 months, you would have $12,000 invested, average the buy price out, and that will give you an average price of the units or the parcel of units that you hold throughout the year. Uh, look, I really think you just keep investing. If you've got a strategy that you invest monthly, the strategy doesn't say, I invest monthly unless <laughs> the strategy doesn't say I invest monthly, but no, my strategy is I invest monthly. I don't need, I like, and that's it, like you don't invest in crap or you don't throw all your money into speckies or all into crypto. You go, no, I invest monthly into the beta shares this. I invest monthly into the Vanguard that. I invest monthly into the BlackRock this. So yeah, we've just got to really uncouple the tail from wagging the dog. Now, here we go here. Tara Lee Miller, hey Tara. Keep shoveling into stocks or move to other goals temporarily, i.e. mortgage. Well, this is the thing. I just sound like a broken record. You've just got to work out what you want to do. Like if the market had increased 10% or if the market didn't do anything and it was ended in zero today, would you be asking the question, should I keep buying stocks or should I pay off my mortgage? Would you? So I think, and this is what I, you know, and as I talk, it's really weird doing these solo podcasts. I don't know if they're any good or not. I just rant. 
the more I'm talking through this myself, all our investing, it doesn't actually matter what's going on day in, day out. Braden Roberts, hello, how are you? I invest $50 a month into ETFs. Do I invest into the ones going up or down at the moment? Again, Braden, I want you to have a strategy. What are you investing in? If you invest into the Vanguard Diversified Growth Fund, which is a diversified ETF of international shares, Australian shares, property, it's got an allocation of, I think, 70% growth, 30% defensive. You just pump that. I'm not like even then if you had some other like weird other lithium ETF and that was falling through the floor and the Vanguard one was going up, we're not just putting money based on where the returns are because returns, they can change day in, day out. It goes back to your strategy, Braden. Like, what are you doing? Um, yeah. I, these are good questions. Natasha. Jara, triple A at the end of that. If I'm looking to invest, is now a good time to buy in? Any time's a good time to invest. All right, question here from Lockie. If investing in DCAing, would you ever say to add larger sums during times like this? Look, it's it's an interesting one. Like, I I've got my monthly investing strategy, right? Where I just put money in every month. That's all good. Oh, I'll give you a, a, an actual example that happened today, right? And I totally forgot to, um, to do this today, uh, but I'll probably do it tomorrow. I do my monthly investing and, you know, the market's fallen through the floor temporarily because, you know, it's not going to be forever. And I... Looked, I logged into my internet banking today because I'm just doing some end of financial year planning stuff and there was a $3,000 cash back in there because I recently refinanced the property and there was a, a deal with the bank at the time. There was a $3,000 cash back. I totally forgot that that was happening. So I've got a spare three grand right now. I don't need it for anything else. Yeah, I'll just throw it in the market. It's a good time. And the thing is, Sure, it's a good time because it's cheaper, right? You know, buy low, sell high. Except when you're doing crypto, right? It's like <laughs> buy high, sell low. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'd probably do that with spare cash regardless of what the market was doing. So as much as I don't say time the market, if an opportunity presents itself where you do have some extra money in your life and you want to put it to work and there's a relatively cheap time to buy, yeah, pick up some extra units. Like it's all good to invest, right, at any time, provided you're not doing highly speculative stuff on the fringes. Lizzie Cramsey also says, should we be buying what we can while the market's down at the moment? Well, the best time to invest is when you have the money. The best time to sell is when you need the money. There's another one here from Geordie Blakesmith. I know you always say start now, but is it really a good time to start investing? Yep. Oh, there's another one here from Nina, 6110. Is now the time to invest more dollars than usual? Emmy, someone says, oh my God, what is happening? I don't know. Just doing a bit of a podcast, having a chat. 
Another one here, I don't know what the name says, pay down mortgage reinvest in discounted stocks. Well, it's your strategy. PT.M underscore. I want to start investing and have no idea how. Had money in spaceship that didn't work out. PT, uh, go to education.mymillennial.money and there's an online course there called Glenn's Investing School. Alyssa Paravine says, if you're at a 50% loss, would you continue to put money in there or just close your eyes? Probably just close my eyes. I mean, this is the thing. Has your strategy fundamentally changed? Why are you at a 50% loss? Because, you know, you put it all on race five, number two at Randwick and the horse only half finished and you're only getting half your money or have you invested in something wild and, you know, it's had a bit of a hit or you're in a broad market and that's had a hit. Savvy Von Blach. Oh, I've seen your name before. How to cut through noise when news media says, don't invest more or protect your portfolio. Tell news media to shut up. There's another one. He had to prepare for an impending gloom, e.g. recession. Well, a lot of this starts with our own personal finances. We live on less than we earn. We invest the rest. There's not anything left over. We're not going to invest money that we don't have. How to prepare for an impending gloom? Well, you want to make sure that your focus is to get out of consumer debt. You want to make sure your foundations are in order. And that's your, um, that's your budget. That's your emergency fund. That's your uh, insurance plan. That's your wills. That's just your foundations 101. You prepare by being prepared or getting to be prepared as much as possible. Alex Greenhill, how do I save my spaceship account? Do I leave it or wait it out? You probably wait it out. So this was the whole thing, right? And I was critical of some investing things. I know last year, you know, allegedly, because I just, I'll say that just so I don't get my ass sued as usual. They were advertising like 33% return last six months. Like we're not leading with a freaking return for marketing. Because what happens, all these people flock to it, think they're going to get return. Then when all the tech stocks in the US get absolutely hammered, well, guess what? Your little spaceship account falls over. Glenno, that's your name. Just dropped a spare grand in my raise account today. Good idea or not? I don't know. It's done now. Rebecca. Rebecca Ton. I assume we should be buying as much as we can right now. Gina Chamberlain started my investing uh, 10% every pay into managed funds. Should I continue at this rate? Well, if you've got no money left over at the end of payday to pay your rent, probably wouldn't continue with that. But yeah, there was a, a flurry of questions about should I invest more cash not right now? Um, well, it goes back to strategy. Like if you're doing it for FOMO, it's like, oh, I've got to do it, but you're still not out of debt. You don't have a solid strategy. You're still saving for a Europe trip. Like you want to make sure when you put that money into an investment, you don't need to touch it for at least five years because if you don't, you'll 
bloody in a month's time go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I was watching all this YouTube stuff and they said invest and I lost my money. No, you got to have a strategy. Kirsten G., why do so many novices think they know better in times like these? Yeah, I don't know. It's funny. I, I love the meme where it's like the back of, there's a patient going into the back of the ambulance. It's like, I know where we're taking you. Uh, we're taking you for the best care straight to the comment section. Like, yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, I just have a strategy and it sounds so boring, but you just need to hear it. You just have to understand how all this stuff works. Lozzy 11, how to figure what percentage of a portfolio is invested in international shares, US shares, Aussie cash, uh, when ETFs overlap. I actually did a, um, a YouTube. If you do, let's just do a search. YouTube, I'm going to search this. My Millennial Money DIY Portfolio. Yeah, the first one that comes up, uh, just YouTube, My Millennial Money DIY Portfolio, Vanguard Diversified ETFs, Premix or DIY. Uh, and sorry, my voice is a bit croaky. I've had an upper respiratory infection. And it's uh, it's getting me down, baby. Look, I think I'm going to leave it there. I've outstayed my welcome. If in doubt, close your super apps. If in doubt, um, stop investing until you understand and learn more. You know, if you don't know, the answers usually no. Uh, if in doubt, buy a copy of my book. And I don't say that to make money of you. I get like... $2 for every book that's sold. Like it's, it's actually not changing my life, but you know, go to page 150 in the book, go to page 149 where we talk about risk and return. I, I say this stuff because, you know, I wrote my book because I'll tell you why. Every time I put a question on Instagram, Hey, ask me investment questions. It's the same questions. It's been happening for four years. It's the same questions. I wrote this book to answer all the common questions that people keep asking. And I'm tapping my desk. I like just hanging out. I feel, I, look, this, this feels like it's after hours. Like Nate's not here editing this. Rachel's nothing to do with the production. I've just recorded this podcast and I've gone rogue. Um, yeah, if in doubt, I, you know, buy my online investing school. You, you know, we've got to get past the, and this is like, I'll, I'll finish on this. We've got to get past the, oh, I don't want to lose money. Oh, I don't want to lose $100. Oh, I want to make, thousands of dollars, well, it's okay to invest in understanding. Like, it's okay to spend $100 on an online course about investing. It's okay to spend, you can probably get my book on Amazon at the moment for a 30% discount. Like, it's okay to spend some money to learn. So, I'm going to go.
make some dinner. Then I'm going to have, I keep, um, sorry, my voice is actually gone now. I keep frozen veggies for times like this because it's, it's well and really after six now. And probably steam up some veggies, you know, make some fish. I might do a, um, might do a stir fry. Anyway, hey, sneaker, sneaky peaky, national tour, be ready, coming to every capital city except Darwin. I'm so sorry. There's just, it just actually is impossible to go to Darwin because the three of you there who listen to the podcast, statistically only one of you will be able to make it and John and I flying up to do the show for one of you, it's just not happening. But I'm just thinking, I'm going to talk to JP. I'm going to run a competition for anyone in Darwin. Oh, this is a good idea. I like giving away money. We'll run a competition. Anyone in Darwin, look out for it in the Facebook group. We will fly you to a show of your choice or What's it? Was four $400 for a flight? I don't know how much. Let's have a look. Darwin to... Do you want to come to Sydney? Darwin to Sydney flights? Let's have a look here. Search on Google flights. It's a four-hour flight. Um, well, 600 freaking dollars. Jeez. Oh, no. Let's have a look. Um, I don't know if I'm flying with Sydney. <laughs> I know. Or I think the Sydney show is like August the 19th. Um, put in your diary, August 19th or Friday the 5th in Perth. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, yeah, round trip. I oh, don't know. With one star. Um... I'll contribute. How about this? I'll fly someone in Darwin. I'll pay for you to come down. I'll pay for your airfare. I'll put $500 towards an airfare. I'll put $300 towards a hotel in Sydney. $800. I'll stuff it. I'll just do a grand. Someone in Darwin will give you a ticket to come to the show in Sydney or pick a state. I don't care. Whatever. I'm not spending more than a grand. So we'll cover your flights or whatever and we'll do some type of competition. How about that? There we go. So, and then if you wanted to fly your partner with you or a friend, well, they can pay for the flight, but they can get a room with two beds or whatever. However, you 1950s couples sleep with your two beds in one room or I don't know, just we'll do that. And then at least, you know, because I, I love you all in Darwin, but it's not possible. So we're doing every capital city and yeah, it's going to be, going to be good times. Let's just go through. So I, I'm pretty sure the dates, they're, they're staying Brisbane, Friday, the 15th of July, Canberra, Friday, the 22nd of July, Hobart, Wednesday, the 27th of July, Adelaide, Monday, the 1st of August, Perth, Friday, the 5th of August, Melbourne, Friday, the 12th of August, Sydney, Friday, the 19th of August. And stay tuned for this. In every city, uh, except Hobart, maybe, we don't know yet, um, there will be a property masterclass for property investors the night before. 
and that's with John. I think tickets might be like $400. It might only be like 10 people. Um, so limited for those who want to do a deep dive for a couple of hours. There's going to be no hoo-ha rubbish like that. It's not going to be recorded. It's going to be like 10 people or so in a small room. He'll have his whiteboard property investing masterclass the night before all the capital city shows. I'll probably throw a ticket into the main show the next night. If you pay for the masterclass, we'll do, we'll hook you up. It's all good. Uh, but yeah, that's coming up. So we're going to market very soon. We're just waiting on a couple of things. Uh, but the first live tour will be in Briz Vegas on Friday, the 15th of July. We're coming for you, peeps. We are coming. Oh, now I've got to friggin' edit this and clean it up. All right, see you, bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.